Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Right back at it on the fan Friday night. It's a football Friday. Joining us right now is the co-host of the Gojo and Golic podcast. Weekday mornings from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. The pod is available on Samsung TV and where fans can listen to their podcast. It's Mike Golic Jr. What's going on? How we doing? Great, man. It's a football Friday, like I said, and I am a former college football player. I played at James Madison University and Monmouth University, so we're going to start right there. I know you know a thing or two about college football, and I got to ask, what are your thoughts about James Madison University versus the NCAA? It's their second year going from FCS to FBS, and uh, they're an undefeated team. They're trying to compete. We got Pat McAfee on campus, college game day going there tomorrow and they're trying to fight the NCAA, and it seems like the NCAA is fighting back. Yeah, and in a way that I can't really understand where the win is. Like, the NCAA has had, a, would say, a branding and strategy problem for a long time, meaning they profess to be about so many things, right? You remember, you see all the same commercials I do about gold pro and something other than sports and all the dreams they want to <laughs> sell everybody, yep. where they try and act like they got the athlete in mind, but then when they have actual opportunities, to do this like we saw with Tez Walker early in the season with North Carolina and like this now where there are so many easy opportunities to look at a situation through the lens of common sense and say, yes, we have rules in place for transitions like this for schools that might not have approached this with the resources that James Madison did or approached this scheduling-wise the way that James Madison and the Sun Belt did in conjunction with each other to make sure, hey, we're ready for this moment. We're going to not mix and match the schedule the way you're allowed to do with FCS teams in there. They don't need the training wheels that are normally the reason you have these kind of rules. And so for the NCAA not to look at this as an easy win and an opportunity to reward a school that has gone about things the right way and is enjoying the success that comes with that, to me is just a reminder that it's an organization that's been lost for a while and won't serve a meaningful purpose in the football world that goes forward. Yeah, they've, they've already taken so many L's. I was just talking about the fact that the NIL deals exist, the transfer portal, and like you just brought up Tez Walker, and I, I forgot about that story, but McAfee did mention that today. There's so many of these stories from, um, you know, or um, what's the kid's name now? Destroying. I had Destroying on uh, my podcast, and he's the kid that fought against the NCAA for his YouTube channel that went to UCF. And, you know, they wouldn't let him continue making money off his YouTube channel. And now this kid's a multimillionaire working with the NFL. He ended up winning. And what's the NCAA doing? Like, these kid, this kid was a broke college kid. Um, Reggie Bush, they took his Heisman. 
There's just so many things that the NCAA has fought against, and I don't understand what the win is either. I don't understand what they have to gain by just saying, nope, these are the rules, and we don't have to justify these rules. It's just what we rule, and we rule with an iron fist. Yeah, well, and I think for a long time, and we see this with power all over college sports, right? You look at college football right now, there's been a major grapple for coaches who for so long controlled the way everything went. You had players that didn't have the ability to easily get out of their circumstances at a school, and so coaches could get them on campus and treat them how they treat them, and they were going to be there, and they were going to be there as backups, and they were going to fill out space on special teams, and now you've got things like the transfer portal where all of a sudden it ain't so fun when the rabbits got the gun type situation where now, because people can get up and move and make choices for themselves, everybody's got to act a little bit differently. And we've seen plenty of coaches make the adjustment and say, all right, this is the world of college sports. You know this. Coaches are resilient. They need to get things done because that's how their family eats. And so they're figuring out how to work the new system. The NCAA dragged their feet on trying to get to this point, like you said, with name, image, and likeness and other things. They had a chance to get out in front of this. And for a long time, used to be very good at that. Like, I'm sure you remember when Shabazz Napier was at UConn and talked about, hey, we're going hungry right now while we're trying to get ready for the NCAA tournament. Yes. And lo and behold, all those archaic rules changed about what the NCAA could and couldn't provide because they wanted to avoid the eventuality of players being looked at for what they've been for a while as employees of the school. And now they weren't ready to go that last step. And now they got all this weight at their door. NCAA football, the the video game we used to play, that was a whole thing that they had to take up in court. It's just like, how long are they going to continue to do this? Uh, I know they're under new presidents and new management and stuff. It just seems like there's there's always something. And now uh, there's legal action being taken against them in the state of Virginia. But whatever. All in all, the James Madison University football team is undefeated. They have a huge following. Uh, it's going to be lit on college game day tomorrow. I can't wait to watch. So from college to the NFL, the first guy I wanted to talk to you about was CJ Stroud. They're talking about this kid who was at Ohio State last year. They're talking about him as obviously rookie of the year, but MVP conversation. And now as we look at Joe Burrow's injury, season ending, Deshaun Watson's injury, season ending. And when you look around the league, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we think has a season ending injury. There's a bunch of teams missing their QB ones. There's a chance that this kid can get into the playoffs and make some noise. What do you think about the campaign that C.J. Stroud has put together with D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans? Well, I'm glad you said the last part there because I think it's going to be an amazing case study after the season for what we always talk about with young quarterbacks is so much is determined by circumstance. A lot of really talented players that come into the league at that position, especially in the last few years. Blue-chip prospects that all of a sudden can wind up at a place that mismanages their skill set, and now you've got a player that's on the outs for C.J. Stroud and really for the Texans, the story's been how they've been able to sort of sage all of the bad energy out of that building in record time in the last couple of seasons. You get Jack Easterby out of the front office. You bring in D'Amico Ryans as the coach. You bring in this influx of young talent on the roster with the perfect mix of veteran guys there that have been able to help them along. And it's gotten it to the point where between that and the coaching on there, it's allowed C.J. Stroud, and I think most importantly for him, behind an offensive line that's got quality veteran pieces led by Laramie Tunsil, to go back there and operate within an offense that does a couple of things at once. One, it protects C.J. Stroud, and it gives him easy options. This offense does a lot of things in protection that make life easier on the quarterback and give him those outlets. But then, two, it gives him that base-level confidence to then say, all right, I know I'm going to be protected and taken care of. 
Now when things break down, I can calmly assess the situation and make those extra effort plays that have really been the hallmark of his push into an MVP campaign. It's the stuff we saw from him at Ohio State, really in the Georgia game. His best outing by far as a college player has now become routine work for him, and I think building up that confidence early in a way that if you look at his counterpart in Bryce Young in Carolina, Bryce has been robbed of that. Bryce hasn't been protected. Bryce doesn't have a lot of go-to weapons in that offense, and so we've seen his confidence regress over the course of the season to the point where I barely recognize the Bryce Young that I saw in college now in Carolina, and so that holistic approach from the team top-down is so important for these guys, and C.J. Stroud's a living proof of that. Yeah, I was just talking about your surroundings and where you come in as we contrasted Brock Purdy and Zach Wilson, right? As we contrast the Mr. Irrelevant pick 256 versus a number two overall pick and the difference that these guys have had in three seasons and two seasons. And I talked about Kyle Shanahan and the offensive line and the weapons and the defense versus the Jets. Like, here we are with the Jets, and there's a lot of Jets fans listening I feel like it's deja vu from last year. If they lose again this week, that's three losses in a row. And they pretty much nosedive last year, taking a bunch of losses in a row with a quarterback that they spent a two overall draft pick on but never actually developed. Uh, some of it's on them. Some of it's on him. But uh, what do you think this week about Zach Wilson versus Josh Allen as both of these teams need this game? Both of these teams could win their division, and both of these teams are fighting to be a wild card team in an AFC that you know quarterbacks are dropping. Yeah, you for all the reasons you mentioned about Zach Wilson, I cannot take the Jets seriously as a playoff contender. I have a ton <laughs> of respect for what that defense has done. And listen, like you said, some of this is about Zach Wilson situationally. Like the other difference is Brock Purdy played a ton of college football, and Zach yeah. Wilson did not. And so Zach Wilson came in and then was underdeveloped, then went through an offseason this last year where they bring in Aaron Rodgers and everything's built around him. So while they talked about all the ways he improved in camp, it's not like he did it in the most important way, which is sheer volume of reps, which is what you need as a young player in these spots. So I don't fault him a ton for it, but that offense has just been a non-compete really since that one half against Kansas City where we thought, oh, we might have something here. So I see this as a big opportunity to get right for the Buffalo Bills. You look at the offensive metrics by every conceivable metric. They're a great offense. They just turned the ball over way too much in the last month. In the last month, they're dead last in the NFL in turnover margin. So if you can fix that, and part of that is, hey, Josh Allen has to do what we've seen Burrow and Mahomes do, which is check it down a little bit more, play a little bit safer when that's what the defense is trying to take away are those big plays, and then lean into a lot of the other stuff that was working for them, even in Ken Dorsey's final game, where, lo and behold, they handed the ball off a little bit and things started going well for them. So I still think that's a team that has a chance, like you said, in this current injury-mangled version of the AFC, they've still got a chance to right the ship, get themselves into the playoff, and then with a really good quarterback and a talented offensive roster, maybe offset some of the defensive injuries that have really been the story of their season. We're joined right now by Mike Golick Jr. It's a football Friday on the fan. Mike Golick Jr. is the co-host of the Gojo and Golick podcast. Now, on the other side of MetLife Stadium, Giants Stadium, the New York football Giants, they lose Daniel Jones after paying him this year. Tyrod Taylor comes in. They lose him. They're down to a local guy. Great story. Tommy DeVito, former Don Bosco prep quarterback. But, you know, watching this offense, they had a negative nine yard passing game against the Jets and we just watched them get absolutely steamrolled by the Cowboys I don't think they can win another game I don't think they should win another game 
But it seems like Giants fans are split on this, right? Some Giants fans feel like, no, you should go out there and beat the Commanders because we always compete against the Commanders. And then some Giants fans are also split on whether they should be tanking or not tanking and who they should pick or not pick, whether they should take a quarterback or stay with Daniel Jones. So two questions for you. You know, I think it's a tank. Do you think they're tanking and they should tank? And then also, if they end up with a top two pick, do they trade that pick or play around and not take a quarterback and stick with Daniel Jones? Or do they take one of the top quarterbacks in this class? So I think that they're not actively tanking. I think they just miscalculated a few things about their roster. And part of that was, listen, Daniel Jones hadn't been playing exceptional. This offense hadn't looked great. I don't think they did enough in addressing weapons in the offseason outside of Darren Waller that came over. And even with that, there were injury concerns that showed themselves a bit early in the season. The offensive line didn't take the next steps necessary. Andrew Thomas is out a bunch and really hurt that. But I, I think now with what lies ahead of you, it's going to be hard to win a lot of games when you're on your third-string quarterback for anybody, let alone with an offense that's really struggled and been through all these combinations. So now you get to that number one overall question, or really if you're in the one-two range. I said this year, a lot of teams have some fascinating calculus to do and fascinating math to do in their, in their personnel department if you're in that range, because I don't know how you pass on these two quarterbacks, especially if New York. You owe Daniel a lot of money next year. And as I heard Ben Solak, who does a great job over at the Ringer, say, if you go make a move like that, other te- other players notice. You know, there's people that are going to talk about the way that you dealt with the player at the most important position your franchise. That being said, we've seen enough sample size to know Daniel Jones, very good quarterback, probably not going to take that next step and be great. Part of that's because of injury opportunity, all these things. But if you're Brian Dayball and company, you don't have time to worry about that. You need to juice this thing now. And so I think if you're in that range where you can get Caleb Williams or Drake May, you probably need to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Yeah, I've been saying that the whole I'm like, if if it falls into your lap like this, I don't care that you made the playoffs last year. I don't care that you got the coach of the year. You ended up defaulting into paying the quarterback $40 million because you didn't want to pick up his fifth-year option. Like, this is a rare opportunity with this quarterback class. Take the quarterback and don't complicate this thing. But – you know, speaking of uh, taking a quarterback, number one overall quarterback, Joe Burrow, he's done for the season. And there's a lot of controversy around the wrist injury and social media these days. I've been talking about how these young people are working on social media handles and taking videos and posts and stuff. And uh, that's kind of the crux of this whole thing. A video that came out of him with his wrist wrapped, his right wrist wrapped. And then he wasn't on the injury report, goes into the game, doesn't last a quarter. And people are now talking about the gambling implications and the fantasy football implications. And, uh, you know, the Bengals should be punished. And I I honestly think uh, that they're going to cover themselves. I think that they're going to wiggle out of this because there's already a report that, oh, Joe Burrow broke his hand and uh, in college and he always wears this wrap. And he came out and spoke and said, like, you know, getting on a flight, I do that. Uh, I think they'll wiggle out of it, and they're not going to get that harsh of a penalty. What do you think is going to happen with the NFL's investigation into this whole thing? I agree, especially on a short week. Injury reports are tough because you're not really practicing, so they're always kind of like a wishy-washy version of, well, if we were practicing, so-and-so would be like this today. And so you can sort of fudge that. The bottom line is he was healthy enough to play to start that game. He did throw the ball, yes. yep, Yeah. Like, we saw that plenty, so it wasn't like he walked in. It might have been close. It might have been on the edge, but it 
it's going to be very difficult to prove that. I wouldn't be shocked if the NFL still tried to do something because, like you said, they got partners in the gambling and the fantasy space that are going to be looking at them like, are you going to do something about this and probably want to send a message the way we've seen them do in other ways on the gambling front. But I think Cincy can make it awful hard on them. Yeah, uh, in that same game, man, Logan Wilson, he was a hitman last night. He was playing violent. He tried to take out uh, OBJ, Lamar Jackson, and he did, unfortunately, take out Mark Andrews for the season. There's been a lot of talk about the hip drop tackle, and uh, we saw Tony Pollard get tackled that way in the playoffs last year. I forget who else uh, famously was tackled that way and got injured. I think it's the next play to be outlawed, tackle to be outlawed, but I think it is controversial. I saw Ryan Clark and Bart Scott going back and forth about it. You know, we're heading to a place in the NFL where it's like, how do you tackle guys? Um, and how do you know if that's intentional or non-intentional? But I, I do think the, the hip drop tackle is going to be the next targeting or the next horse collar. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'd agree. The numbers are just too damning. Like you see the, uh, I saw people posting stats about the injury rate on that tackle and it's, it's too much to ignore. And it's too similar to the horse collar too. Spiritually, it's kind of the same thing you're trying to take out. And so I, I feel for the plight of defensive players. It reminds me a lot. I'm a former offensive lineman. So I remember being up in arms when they decided to outlaw the backside cut on stretch zone because my former teammate, Ian Williams, was playing for the 49ers and was one of the guys that got his ankles broken. Mm. And the NFL looked and said, we got too many injuries to D linemen on this play. We got to take it out. And every O lineman shout from the rafters, you're going to ruin stretch zone. You're going to completely change the viability of that play in a league that runs a lot of it. And the league looked and said, hey, listen, we got all these guys getting injured. We can't do that. And I think that's going to be the end result of this, unfortunately. So I get it. Defensive players got to feel like the walls are closing in on them. But the NFL already has a real tenuous relationship with player safety and public image. And so I don't know how with that data that now is circulating around, you're going to be able to avoid doing something about that. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.